everybody. It's Jenny. And this is Alexa. And we're back with another edition of Checked Out. Joining us for today's edition are Brian and Ellen. Brian's a librarian here at the Northside Branch of the Lexington Public Library. And Ellen is our one of our library assistants. Welcome, guys. Hey. Thank you very much. Yeah. So today, because it is February, we are talking romance. And this is going to be a really fun one because Alexa is a romance reader, and the rest of us are, to borrow Ellen's phrase, tourists to the genre this month. You guys are in for a treat. So <laughs> I admit I was not a big romance, never been a big romance reader. Um, didn't really have anything wrong with them, just not my cup of tea, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually tried to cheat this month and read something that wasn't a romance but had a romance-esque vibe to it. A rope, some romantic undertones, if you will. And that was the um, Lady Julia mystery series by Deanna Rayborn, um, in which a character, Lady Julia's uh, husband drops dead in the first couple pages of the first book, and she is aided with the help of a private investigator in solving his, what turns out to be, murder. And the investigator has, like, this serious Rochester, like, brooding vibe going on. Um, Heathcliff. Yeah, say Heathcliff. There should be, you know, on the he should moor. be on a moor somewhere. Um, but anyway, they team up, they solve the crime, and then over the course of the series, you know, their relationship evolves. And I ended up reading the entire series in about three days. I was totally hooked. I was totally in it to see how their relationship would play out. And I was silently cursing Brian for doing this entire challenge <laughs> and having me sucked into a series that I finished in three days and slept little. So You're welcome. Uh-huh. How many books are in the series? I think there were like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then she stopped and moved on to um, her other series that's getting a lot of press right now. The um, It's Veronica Speedwell. It's like a curious beginning is the first one and sort of like a female Sherlock Holmes kind of character. Oh, dude. Yeah, I think I have heard of that. So like... Lady Julia, was it, um, so when her, when her, was she sad when her husband died? Was it one of those things so where So he was like, like okay. a childhood friend, and they married because it was convenient, and she had to get married because it's the 1870s, and it's England, and yes. she's a lady of, of privilege, but, um, she is sad, but she feels like, as, and that's another great thing about the books, as they evolve, she sort of comes out of her shell and realizes how much of herself she had stuffed down to sort of fit into a mold. And now that she's a widow, she can kind of do what she wants. Um, and her family is actually really delightful. And that's one of the other things that's so fun about the series is that all of, she has 10, she's one of 10 children in a very wealthy family. All the kids have names like Lysander and Portia, <laughs> and they're all, you know, named after, um, you know, their um, literary figures. But they are all wacky as can be. She has one brother who's like kind of straight-laced and the rest are just completely out there. Um, and they're so super fun. Her sister Portia has a fun arc. Um, yeah, they're just, they're, you end up rooting for them and reading for them as much as you do the main characters, which is really fun. I love that. That's really cool. All right, Alexa, as our, as our romance <laughs> yes, <guide us>. aficionado. <laughs> I was going to ask, do we want everyone else to go first? I've got, yeah. a, I've got a pretty long list. All right, we'll have everybody else give their <laughs> picks as well. And we should say, too, um, you know, we try to keep the podcast pretty G and PG rated. We are talking romance. So that can be anywhere from, you know, very chaste Amish fiction mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it ends maybe with a holding of hands and a betrothal all the way on up to Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So this this genre covers it all. Um, I've got a selection. <laughs> Alexa's got a list I've for those that are... That a are, pretty long um, list. Do you have erotic on there? Because I have actually a couple of things that I was thinking about, like talking about Fifty Shades of Grey reminded me mm. of something that's... 
Um, I've read a few. Uh, I've I've not read Fifty Shades. Um, I mean, I, I know what Fifty Shades is. Exactly. I haven't I haven't sat down and read the series. Um, I've read some Maya Banks, um, which is kind of in that same sort of uh, vein. Uh, but uh, I don't I typically kind of steer away from. It. I have read the Sleeping Beauty trilogy by that's Anne what Rice. I was bring up. Um, that's the deep end. <laughs> It is. I was going to bring it up because it was really fascinating. It's a it's a weird read. If anybody's interested in just diving right in yeah. to, to that end of the pool, um, the Anne, Anne Rice, uh, she wrote it under her pseudonym a long time ago. Um, she actually wrote a fourth book um, in the series recently within the past few years. Ooh. Not as good um, <laughs> if you want to consider the first three. Yeah, it doesn't quite keep the pace. Uh, I mean, you so know. So is it Sleeping Beauty but with like an erotic twist? Oh, it's fascinating. Ooh, is there ever a twist um uh, yeah yeah instead okay so in, instead of, i don't want to go too far yeah into i will it keep it pg because but, again i don't yeah. know how much of it you can actually discuss while keeping things pg because it's yes it's what 50 shades of gray thought it was doing. it's a it's a thing it's bdsm for sure mm-hmm. it's a sort of a period piece it's a retelling of sleeping beauty um loosely yes loosely, like literally, literally the first like 10 pages and then it's like yeah, and you yeah. go off the rails. It's like a framework to just jump into. Basically, mm-hmm. like the to, to give you an idea of how it's been changed, um, beauty is awakened by a prince. Instead of a kiss, it's actually her virginity being taken. And it's called Claiming of Sleeping Beauty is the first one, too. And she just becomes a, a sort of, um, she's owned by the prince who, who awakens her. So Seems it's problematic on a lot of levels. It's I mean, very, it was, it's a very interesting exercise. Though. It was written a long time ago as yes. well. Um, and I think that Anne Rice, like, she knows what she, it's kind of like, I feel like she was channeling like Marquis de Sade when yes, she wrote it. very it's much like, so. It's like Justine or like 120 Days of Sodom or something like that. I mean, it's like, when I say it's way out there, I mean, it's way out there. Looks, like, she's under yeah. no illusions that she's doing something that's like easy for people to yeah. digest. Yeah, it almost <laughs> felt like it was some sort of like she had to get it out of her system or something. Like, she yeah. she was just not that she was particularly into it, but like just to explore it. Cause I think so too. Yeah, because it's not just about like women being slaves too, there are men as well. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sharing of different sexualities, but it's all about power and ownership. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like beauty going, like taking back her own ownership of her own pleasure too. A lot and of um, uh, horse, yes, imagery, yes, lots of. All it. right, do with that what you will. Yeah. So Enjoy. on on that <laughs> sliver of a note, so I glad. will also throw out there, um, and he'll probably kill me for admitting this on the podcast, but um, Outlander, which mm. I read the first one, and I was like, all right, whatever. It's I couldn't, long. I couldn't get through it it's all the way. They look really. But long. my husband read it for like the Scottish history aspect of it. Yeah. And kept re still reading it. He's on like book five, yeah. and he was like, yeah, I just skim over all the romance stuff, and I, <laughs> which is funny because it's like all, all the women I know who read it, you know, read it very much for the romance. You He's skim like, the Scottish stuff. Whatever. Yeah. I want to get to the Scottish history. That's pretty hilarious. Of it, which I think That's... is really fun. So if you're looking for like a book club recommendation to read with your husband you know or guys with your wife you can, try outlander you'll get different things out of it i was gonna say you can fill in the blanks for each other exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> who's the author uh, uh, diana, diana Alden. yes and those are huge books too just that they are They're my husband be. was actually at a, a book fair a couple years good. ago he was he was at a book fair right after his book came out and she was there but he didn't know who she was or what she, or what she wrote and he called me and he's like there are all these grown people in the parking lot in kilts what is happening <laughs> and I was I was like and I pulled up the, the event information I was like well that's because you know this author's there she's huge this is the book series he's like I've never heard of it grown ups in kilts at a book fair what's happening in Kentucky 
Yeah, probably notably not Scottish. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. she's got a big following. Yeah, it's it's a thing. So it makes me wonder how many sort of. Or, not to go outside of romance, too, but, like, how many series or books are out there where people are getting different things from it? Like, how your husband read it for the history, but it's, like, it's almost like this weird duality that could happen with it. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Because, like, I think romance definitely has a lot more complexities to it. Which is what I'm, I'm appreciating about yeah. the genre. And my other pick, I will say, in terms of books, was um, The Wedding Date by Jasmine, and I'm going to butcher her last name, but I think it's Guillory. It's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. I think that's right. Um, and it's totally a meet, a meet cute story. Uh, there's a, a woman in an elevator. Alexa is her name. Um, she works for the mayor of Oakland, I think. Uh, and she meets this this doctor whose name is Drew. And they get stuck. The elevator's stuck. And he's telling her he has to go to his ex-girlfriend's wedding the next day. And he's bemoaning it. Um, they're very flirty. And she ends up agreeing to go as his date. So he doesn't have to go by himself. Um the thing about the book that's so that kind of takes it to another level is um, the author is black and the um, protagonist is a black woman, and the the surgeon is a white man, and so there are conversations had like as they're walking into the wedding, she looks at him and she says, "Am I going to be the only person of color here?" And he goes, "You know, I don't know. I I've never thought about that." And she's like, you know, no, it's fine. I just kind of want to know when I go into these situations. And so the author brings up stuff like that that you normally, I guess, probably don't think about or find in romance novels. And I thought that gave it a really nice extra layer, um, more complexity to it. And also the complexity of, you know, she's in a high-powered job. He's in a high-powered job. They live in different cities. How are they going to make this work? Who's going to make the compromise, essentially? So yeah. it, was, it was a fun read. Hmm. It's good. I'm glad I had a better ending than, like, Get out the wedding edition. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. that. It wasn't that. <laughs> but it's an interesting <laughs> thing to want. bring up. Yeah, like just the whole like that is. I remember listening to a podcast where a lot of um, African American parents think about that that moment when they have to talk to their kids about recognizing mm -hmm. like when do you start asking like am I going to be the only person of color here or just the fact that you have to have those conversations and the fact that he like most white people would wouldn't even stop to think about it for a right, second. Right, exactly. Cuz they're like, "Well, I, I like I'm fine with you, but or the, it's a the, thing. The it's, friend, it's always a thing." The friend in the book who who has some makes some like off-color, what seem like off-color jokes to his, you know, his friends, but to the people in the room who are a minority is they're pretty blatantly offensive. Ugh, yeah. And it's as the, as the night goes on, Drew starts to realize, like, man, this guy's a jerk. Why have I been friends with him all these years? And it's because the, the things that he says, you kind of just, like, roll your eyes and push it off. He, by the end of the night, is finally able to confront the friend and be like, you, you're a jerk. I don't want to be a friend anymore. Oh, you're terrible. That's so nice. Um, but it's yeah. through that lens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it was, um, she's a really fun author. She's got another book out, too, about a proposal gone wrong at a baseball game. <laughs> I can't remember the title of it, but it looked really cute. Um, that so one's gotten a lot of, like, attention. It had. Yeah. Uh, Reese Witherspoon just picked it for her book club. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so I'm it's The Catch, maybe, something like that. But anyway, yeah. she's really fun, and I highly recommend her if you're looking to read. Um, one of my goals for the year is to read more authors of color, and she's a great one to get into if you just want something that's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was realizing when I was coming here that I... Well, I only read one of the books that I'm into, and that my, my list was actually very white. And also, I was thinking about more like queer love stories like I've actually um 
was looking at, have you guys seen, well, it's based on a graphic novel, but blue is the warmest color. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting movie because of just some of the, like, the, the way they handled, like, the love scenes <coughs> and that, too. And I actually found, because I, I didn't know it was based on a graphic novel until I was a page at Central, just um, going through uh, the story, because it's like the, the main character is... Um, I think they're both in their in their teens, and the the main uh, the main girl is with a man to begin like a boy to begin with, and then I think the 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 other girl who has the blue hair, um, which is like the only color in the entire thing too, which is cool. But um, it's like their sort of relationship. I think might be the only time that she has that with a just a woman in particular. And I've just I've always loved that kind of because I feel like in romance a lot of times it's either like it's assumed straight or there's a really big deal made that it's it's queer or it's gay. And I like that sort of, it could go either, it's the person, not really necessarily the orientation. Right, it's the love, the story itself, the relationship, not yeah. the gender. Because as someone who, like, I identify as, as heterosexual, but it's like, I've always been really, really fascinated by getting that portrayal in media or in books of somebody who... Like, maybe bisexual is the term, but, like, just the idea of just loving the person instead of just being like, well, I identify as this, so I have to go this route. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really interesting... I just had thought of it on the way in because I, I feel like I didn't explore too much when it came to romance. I stuck more with just... What else did you read this month? Um, Actually, I'm reading right now... It could fall under romance. It's a, um, a uh, graphic novelization of... A series like some of the knights from uh, a thousand and one, mm-hmm. the Shahrazad. Yeah, yeah, they're just doing one about like the serpent queen, and it's just like this really gorgeous visual, and it's always and it's got these two bookmarks of like she's telling the story, and they're just kind of like lovers in bed, and they keep going back and forth, being like, and then this many days have passed. It's just sort of reminding like, I don't know, like the 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 sort of special space of like pillow talk kind of stuff where it's it's not sexy at all and it's not like anyone's really getting together but I just love the idea of like the stories we tell like in that sort of intimate moment I mean I know Scheherazade's literally telling it to stay alive but but just just thinking about it today I was thinking about that mm-hmm. and also I can't recommend enough and it's not a true romance but I loved how they handled um love and relationships in Circe by Madeline Miller oh god because it's like they talk about just godhood and how time doesn't matter to gods and how they see, like, gods and titans when they see creatures that are sort of lesser, like humans or even demigods, how, like, they're more, it's, like, more amused. Like, she, Cersei has a relationship with Mercury, and the only reason it really exists is because they both just find each other interesting. It's not really any love, but... For those unfamiliar, Cersei by yeah. Madeline Miller um, is a book about... Well, it's told from the perspective of Cersei, mm-hmm. the otherwise known as the witch in the, the Odyssey, witch, yes. who's on the island and turns the sailors into pigs and all of that. <coughs> she Thank also you. wrote um, Song of Achilles. Oh, yeah, it's which, so good. Yeah, delightful. Oh, Song of Achilles is beautiful, too. She Probably just, more of a, a hard romance than definitely. Cersei. It's really, really nice. Yeah, but book. I just, I really liked, because I loved both of them, but for some reason I really loved how, because Cersei has relationships with gods, men, and I think also creates... No, I think it's just gods and men, and just sort of how she traverses back and forth in that, which is a really way, interesting way to look at how, when you live forever, what is meaningful in a relationship, or, yeah, just kind of immortality, because that's something that honestly freaks me out a lot. It's terrifying. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. Yeah. That's fair. It's like that weird uh, with the vampire movie with the vampires. Interviews girl. with the vampire. Interview with the vampire? No, 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 no. There's another one. Um, and they're indifferent. They live forever and they're immortal. Oh, 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 oh. Is it um, Only Lovers Left Alive? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's yeah, a again. beautiful movie. Again, yeah, creepy. Title. Oh, those creepy. people, oh, man, those are like the original hipsters too. Yes, they like, are. They're so jaded and yes. just sort of like, <laughs> and like, he has so many music, like <laughs> so many instruments and they just like, I love that they don't live together and they Skype. Like, I just... That was a fascinating love story. Vampire Skype, who knew? I know, right? All right, my my the one I'm really looking forward to getting to is Brian's. Because he's been ominously quiet. He's been ominously right? quiet I because he read one of my all-time favorites as a high schooler. I don't know how I'd feel about it now. I haven't read it as an adult. But in high school, I loved me some Jane Eyre. So, Brian, mm. let's get your take on Ooh, I'm in, Jane Eyre. I don't Eyre. think I knew you read that. Jane Eyre's yeah. yeah. Well, is this your first time through it? Yeah, it is. Cool. It is. Okay. He's having the experience um, of every 15-year-old girl in America. Exactly Give the report right. to the class. Yes. <laughs> I know. And I'm having feelings of swellings and <laughs> swelling emotions. Yes, no, it's it's it, it's it, it was a fantastic book. It yeah. was it was amazing. Um, I think um, probably probably it's the fact that it came out in 1847. It has a lot to do with with. The themes that are in there, mm. uh, the themes of how, Just a tiny bit gothic. Yeah, exactly, and how right? how how they approach how they, the 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 subject of marriage mm-hmm. and is is approached. But you you and I were talking about it the other day, Jenny, and you talked about uh, Jane being kind of a, a, a proto feminist. Yeah. Character, and I think I think she was. I think she was, and and uh, so, you know, where there are all kinds of issues in there about about having. Having money and stature, well, that was that was very much part of part of the culture that of of, uh, of the, the English culture at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I've I really enjoyed it. In fact, I listened to it on uh, on a CD. So oh, who read I, it? Um, Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's like famous actors. No, I, I didn't recognize the person's okay. name. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was nice. It was kind of a slow boat through the book. Mm. Yeah. It's so like lovely and atmospheric. Um, the movie adaption with Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. is really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. So if you like the book, the, the movie is just wonderful. It's just like, it's, I, I think I remember reading an article after it came out where when possible, they lit almost the entire thing just like with candlelight. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just like, it's so moody and nice. And Who's Jane like an in that one? Too. Mia Wazalowski. I, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, say yeah. your Polish name. Last name. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think that's right. She's Alice in the in the exactly. weird Johnny Depp Alice movies. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, also, if you are a fan of Jane Eyre and you want a completely different take on it, um, why it's our... Sargasso Sea, mm-hmm. um, yes. which is about Mr. Rochester's uh, marriage from mm-hmm. the point of view of his wife, Antoinette Causeway, a Creole heiress. It's really good. So it is very good. It's a it fascinating is book. very different. Um, but if you're sort of like, man, I wish there were some more backstory so to wait, this that wife l- in the attic. That literally yeah. takes the, the point the of attic. view of Bertha. Yes. Bertha. Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't realize. I read that in my women's lit class in it's college. It's by Rhys. Well, this, this is so interesting that you all should mention this because I was talking about this with another one of the employees here last night who, when she found out I was reading the book, she was very excited because she loves the book. And uh, as we were talking about it, she asked me who my favorite characters and all this were. And she said that she was... She loved Bertha, mm-hmm. who we get very, very little. No, of she's her, just kind of a ghost, her, and right? Then she, yeah, her point and of view, yeah. or 
she's more like a force of nature that kind of whips through that book. Yeah, she's an emotion. You should definitely right? read White Sargasso. Yeah, it's yeah. really really good. Well, I have a couple. I have a couple more <coughs> slots to, to fill for for the end of the month. One of the things about this that I'm trying to do this month, I'm uh, one of our other uh, friends here at the library, Becca, had sort of sort of, sort of brought to my attention um, that. I, how much there is out there to read and how little of it I was getting to. Not to <laughs> call myself out on the podcast, but it's true. She <laughs> I really think most people are probably guilty of that. Sure, exactly. Sure, exactly. So, so that's part of why, why I wanted to do this reading challenge this year is I'm trying to read four books out of every genre that we do each month. So, so, so I've got some slots to fill, too. I might, I might get Wide Sargasso C in there. That's a good one. I would also put in a plug if you are going to go back and read Jane Eyre because you you never read it in high school um, and you want to try out some Austin, skip The Pride and Prejudice. Okay. It's a fine, fine book, but it is the one that everyone goes to. And read Emma. Emma's delightful. Emma. So many people don't like Emma. They find her to be um, shallow, and I don't find that at all. I think she she means well. She's just a little immature. It was Jane Austen's favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite of mm-hmm. all the Austens. And there's also a, a miniseries version with um, Romola Garay. As Emma, which is lovely, and Michael Gambon is her dad, and he is the best. Also, watch Clueless ever. Yeah, yeah and Clueless. <laughs> Clueless is actually a fantastic um, modern retelling of Emma. It's wonderful. We, we watch. I took a Jane Austen class in college uh, because, awesome. as one does, um, yeah. and we watched Clueless in my Jane Austen class because my professor, who was an expert in Jane Austen, believed that it was one of the best. Adaptions there is of actually all Jane Austen books. a really there's there's a, a span of about. 10 to 15 years where like in teen pop culture there were movies made that were like 10 Things I Hate About You the is actually a shrew? pretty fantastic Taming of the Shrew. It is. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Yeah, there, was like a, there was a span where that was a thing and yeah. it was really great. Even most of them movies. had Julia Stiles in them. Yes. True. <laughs> She's also in O. That's right. And, and she was in Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was not in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet though. That's true. Which I still enjoy. She, she would have been a really good Juliet. Yeah, I actually in don't find I find the rest of the cast really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I Romeo and Juliet sort of annoy me in that. Like it fifty. Yeah. I think they're meant to. They were cool, but like <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, just grow up. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's yeah. pretty typical. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Isn't the one where they literally, like, fight with guns or something? Yes. It's like, they're called, like, the gun is called a saber? Yes. Yeah, the guns have, like, sword written on the side mm-hmm. of them. It's great. Um, very Bos Yeah, very oh, Bos <laughs> It's very, like, if you have any kind of um, epilepsy <laughs> yeah, <don't>. disorder, <laughs> it's not something that's easy to watch. Yeah, I had a it's, cousin that walked out of Moulin Rouge for that same thing. Not yeah. that she has epilepsy, but because she was like, this is a migraine. It's too yeah. much. <laughs> Waiting to happen. It's a yeah. visual statement. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot. It's impressive. Brian, what else did you read this month? Yeah. Uh, so I also read, and I feel like we're all going to talk about this uh, My Lady's Choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to talk about My I'm, Lady's Choosing. Okay, I'm so interested to hear what everyone did. Yeah, let's, so say, let's, let's save that one for the end because okay. it's one that you all read. Mm-hmm. And let's do our individual picks and okay. then we'll go to the one. Because this month we all tried to read the same book and that was My Lady's Choosing. Yes. Which is sort of a choose-your-own-adventure for romance. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Alexa, mm. let's delve into yours. Because okay. you've got a whole list. I do. And you're the... You're the expert here. So, I've been reading romance novels for a really, really long time. Um, I read probably my first few. I started with Danielle Steele and V.C. Andrews when I was like 
too young for Danielle Steele and V.C. Andrews. <laughs> like That's the best way to start Seven, it. eight, somewhere <laughs> around there. Um, so I've been reading Romans. That's a big book for a seven or an eight-year-old. I understand. I was left unattended a lot. And, so. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's books laying around in grandparents' houses. You pick them up. Next right. thing you know, you're That's reading Daniel flowers in the attic. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> left the power tools a... <laughs> alone. Not right for the book. I was, yeah, I was... I read... Small tangent, I read Carrie um, at school during the day in the fourth grade because my mother wouldn't let me read it at home. Uh, I did that too with books. Yeah. I would just take them to school and read You do what you have to do if you want to read something. Right. I was going to get hold of it one way or another. Um, But yeah, so I read romance for a really long time. Don't censor your kids because they're just going to do it anyway. Just just talk about it afterwards. You didn't want to let me read (laughs) Carrie? I'll read it at school in my math book. Exactly. (laughs) You're welcome, Mom. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's why you're not very good at math. I'm terrible at math. um, But you know what? I'm a librarian. (laughs) Exactly. It's fine. I don't have to be good at math. I have a calculator. It's sort of a take. It's sort of a take on the famous anti-drug commercial. (laughs) She finds the book in the backpack. What is this? I learned it from watching you. I learned it from watching you, Mom. That's me. Um, so, yeah, I do have a pretty big list. These are all kind of recent reads for me. Um, I tried to kind of span the gamut. I will say I tend to gravitate towards Regency romances. So I like the Dukes and the Earls and all that fun stuff. Um, that's where I feel most comfortable. Um, I've read a lot of different kinds. I tend to kind of shy away from contemporary stuff unless I see something that is getting a lot of good press. Um, I did read uh, The Kiss Quotient last year, um, which is a delightful book. Um, it's Reverse Pretty Woman, right? Reverse Pretty Woman, exactly. That Interesting. is That is the premise. Um, the protagonist of that book is an autistic um, Asian-American woman um, and her mom is always just getting on her case about having a boyfriend and getting married, and she's so pretty, and you have this great job, and why why can't you find a husband? She's like a science, she's a math researcher, She's right? like a mathematician, yeah, or an economist or something like that. It's delightful. I highly recommend. Um, yeah. It's really, really wonderful. And so um, her mom's always on her case. She's like, well, I'm going to just fix this. So she hires a male escort to teach her how to get a boyfriend, basically, and they end up falling in love, obviously, um, and it's wonderful it's such a good book i believe it's been optioned to become a movie now which i'm super excited about but no um, richard Gere. just heads up <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really really good um highly recommend that um as far as my favorite regencies um i will say i'm a huge tessa dare fan um i have read every single book that tessa dare has ever written um they're wonderful i think that everybody should read them my favorite series that she has done is called um spindle cove um, and the first book in that series is called A Night to Surrender. Um, so Spindle Cove is basically all of the stories in that book series are set in a place called Spindle Cove. Um, and the locals call it Spinster Cove mm. because it's a place where like bookish blue stockings, as they're called in Regency romances, bookish women who don't have a great time finding husbands can go on like a little retreat and they like live by the sea and they learn how to shoot guns because it's run by a lady whose father creates weapons for the war. Dude. Delightful. It's like, I thought it was going to be shady, but it got so much better. No, it, <laughs> That's so cool. Tessa Dare's great. Yeah. She puts Hamilton references in her romance oh, novels. Wow. She's really, really good. Highly recommend. Spindle Cove is a great series by Tessa Dare. It's got a lot of books in it, and it actually ends up overlapping with her other series called Castles Ever After. Um, the last book in Spindle Cove is like book three or four, I think, in Castles Ever After series. Um, really delightful. 
Um, she has a new series that she just recently started. Um, the newest book in that one came out in August. Um, and it's it's great. Um, it's called, or is it on my list? Girl Meets Duke is the title <laughs> of her new series. Um, the first book in that is The Duchess Deal. And it's kind of um, a Beauty and the Beast-esque story. Um, it's really, really funny. Um, and then another series that is great, another uh, Regency that I love, is The Rules of Scoundrel series by Sarah McLean. Um, that's a really good one. It's just a four book series, so it's not quite the like endeavor that going through all of the Spindle Cove books is. Um, and it's about uh, four partners who run a gaming hell, is what they call gaming halls. I don't know why they're called that. I'm sure that there is some etymological reason why they call they call them gaming hells. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously they all find ladies in all of the all of the books, which is really fun. Um, you get to watch these super cool guys who run their super cool gaming hell just like slowly <laughs> just succumb to marriage and it's really funny. Um, some good YA romance because I think that there's a lot of really good YA romance out there. Um, one that I read last year as well, um, The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. Um, that is also a period piece um, and it is... Um, you're talking about wanting to read more uh, books with queer protagonists. Um, it is it is an LGBT book. Um, the main character Henry Monty Montague um, <laughs> convinces his parents to let him go on like this tour across England before he gets shipped off to boarding school with his best friend and like basically been raised together and he's in love with his best friend. Yeah. And they go on this cross country trip with him and his little sister who tags along and it's very delightful. Um, and it's really tropey. Like, if you like romance tropes, like, forced proximity and you have to be together, like, there's only one bed at the inn and that sort of, like, hilarious <laughs> misunderstanding and circumstance. <laughs> Tons of it to be had in that. Um, really, really fun. Uh, and then, what else do I have? I talked about the kiss quotient. Another really good author that I want to give a shout-out to is Cat Sebastian. Um, we've started getting a lot of her books here at the library, um, and she does write um, gay romance as well. Um, and she has some really sweet ones. Um, the one that I read by her recently was called It Takes Two to Tumble. So are these historical or? Um, the Cat Sebastian ones are, yes. They are Regencies. Because here's my thing, right? Like, how much of a happy ending can they really have in Regency? Because they're eventually, like, their parents are going to pressure them to marry some hapless heir to keep the dukedom in the family or something, right? Like, this <laughs> mm-hmm. is not so going to be a... So I don't want to spoil the ending of, um, of Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. I will say she, the author of that found a delightful way around it. Nice. Um, really, really cute ending. And, and I think it's believable within the time period. Um, I, I don't want to say it because it's really good and you should read it. Um, but, and I will say, Cat Sebastian, I've, I've only read a couple of her books. Um, it Takes Two to Tumble, um, I also thought came to a pretty, pretty believable conclusion because I felt the same way when I started reading them. It's just like, it's historical, like, how many, but I mean, like, there are all kinds of historical precedent of just like, oh, he's a bachelor and he lives with his best buddy. Aren't they wacky? And everyone's just fine with it. And like, nobody, like, there's a lot of historical precedent for that. Um, And, and it kind of tends to, to, to work out, you know, Um, the author finds a way, basically. What what time period is it too ish? Like um, the Cat Sebastian one in particular, Uh, or actually the other one too. The 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 one that I read Regency kind of era, and that's yeah. Because like in in one of my like gender studies classes, we actually talked about how a lot of times like we're talking about. Well, I don't know who, and and it takes two to tumble. Is it two men or two women? Two men. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, about how, like, men... Like, what you were saying, how, how men were, like, allowed... It's like they had two separate spheres. Mm-hmm. Like, men had their sphere. And whatever went on in there was kind of whatever. Yeah. And, like, the, the same thing, too, with women, where it's, like, in the sort of Victorian era, like, in beyond, even up until the 20s, like, there wasn't really a word for lesbianism. Like, lesbos kind of came out and mm-hmm. all of that. But, like, n- they didn't really think about how women could have sort of, an like, a sexual identity outside of it because it was such a men's world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got married and then you still stayed in your separate spheres. Yeah. And it just, it's a really interesting look because, like, historically we always think of, especially the Victorian era, as being very uptight. But actually they... Not that they had a lot of, it wasn't really loosey-goosey, but, like, it, they just had a lot of different rules mm-hmm. and didn't think about things the way we do. Yeah. So things just kind of went. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> and I think that that's kind of how the authors are able to kind of get away with the happy endings in these cases. Because, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, well, that's going to work out great. and Right. But, but I mean, realistically, like, yeah, it did. Yeah, for people a lot were of, happy then. For a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you just kind of played by the rules, mm-hmm. but you found the loopholes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, that's really cool. One, a uh, couple more, two more, uh, and then I'll stop. <laughs> um, uh, just uh, another uh, kind of historical one, uh, Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins, um, which is the first book in her Old West series. Um, and it's really interesting. Beverly Jenkins is an African-American author, and uh, this is about a black woman who comes to be the new school teacher in this town. Um, and there is a man there who she falls in love with, and it turns out that he is actually a black man who is able to pass as a white man. Um, so there's a lot of discussion of like racial politics and stuff like that um, in context of the old West. Like they're literally like out in the middle of nowhere, and it's like he's really got really high standing in this in this town, and he owns all these buildings, and he wouldn't be allowed to own his property if if people knew that he was actually a black man yeah um and it's it's really really good um beverly jenkins is a wonderful writer um and it's very like if you're not into like the more like hot and heavy stuff if you're not ready to jump in with uh <laughs> sleeping beauty yeah. uh series um <laughs> i will say beverly jenkins is more on the chase side of things um it's very like it's very tame as far as romance novels go um, and then another one uh, that I really loved that I read recently, um, we were talking about Shakespearean adaptions, uh, was Vinegar Girl mm. um, by Ann Tyler. Oh, um, I saw that. It's really lovely. It's part of a series um, that is just having authors um, do interpretations of Shakespeare plays. Um, and so this is Ann Tyler's um, adaption of uh, Taming of the Shrew. Um, and it's a really, really good one. Um, it's super cute. Um, it's set in present day. Um, and it's fun. I mean, it's it's not as silly as uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably watched well, it. Because it's got Heath Ledger times. dancing and singing. Heath I mean, Ledger just in his prime. Just yeah, so he was. Good. He was. Oh, so good. <laughs> and the often underrated Joseph Gordon-Levitt. True. He's such a baby. In He's a group. baby in that movie. Yeah. Gabriella Union's a baby. There are a lot of babies. Yeah, there's a lot of babies. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so yeah, that's my abbreviated list of some recent romance that I've read um, that I think covers a pretty wide range of topics. I don't typically yeah. read a lot of the uh, uh, inspirational Amish romance. I have read some just to see what it is. Um, I've read some Beverly Lewis. Um, but, but yeah, I think that um, even if you don't want to jump right in, like, pick up an Avon or one of the little white harlequins. I mean, it's like you said, there, there's plenty of books out there that have romantic themes mm-hmm. and undertones, and 
I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find something that didn't have any romance in it. Sure. I mean, like, it exists, but... <laughs> right. You know, one book that I, <clears throat> that I, th- I was going to mention earlier, and it's... This is for later on in the month for me. I'm going back to this one. When I started this, I thought, I don't haven't read any romance novels. I had no grounding in it at all, and I realized that that wasn't true. Um, and and so I'm going to go back and reread Love in the Time of Cholera. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. Gabrielle Garcia you haven't Marquez. read. Just read, pick up one of his books and read them because mm-hmm. it is, it's pure poetry. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful. And, and and it's a it's it, it's a book that that has uh, men who are trying to get into who who, who want to try out a romance novel. It might have a little bit more. It might be have a little bit more of a masculine energy. Mm. I don't know if that does that. Is that I know what safe you're saying. To say? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's yeah. safe to say. I get what you're saying, and yeah. I mean, I think it probably helps that it is, it's written by a man, and that is true. Um, yeah, and, and so and he brings a, a different perspective right. to it than a lot of romance, like hard romance novels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's do our our non book recs, our other media recommendations, and then we'll do our, our dive into uh, lady uh, my lady's choosing. my lady's choosing. So, all right, favorite romantic. We'll we'll do three things. We'll name movie. We'll name favorite couple, and uh, third of your choosing, just not a book. So favorite uh, romantic movie, favorite romantic couple, mm-hmm. TV or film, and then third of your choice. Okay. Ellen, you want to start? I'll start it. Yeah, sure. So like movie-wise, I immediately thought of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh, because I think it's Michelle Gondry is the director and mm-hmm. writer. Um, no, no, Kaufman wrote it. Charlie Kaufman wrote it, I believe. I think. I can't Gondry remember. definitely directed it. He definitely directed yeah. it. I just know because like Charlie Kaufman does such interesting sort of like self-aware, like almost horrifically self-aware kind of stuff. But um, I just really liked how it really introduced me to a non-linear sort of look at a relationship and how, I don't know, like things don't work out, but you're still willing to sort of try and how people are brought back together, even if it's not like the healthiest thing. Um, or even just sort of like going through a breakup and how everyone just kind of wishes that you could just forget, especially when you're hurting, and how that's actually not really a good thing because it has to be part of the process. And um, and we were talking about how Elijah Wood's just kind of creepy in it too. Great. Which is his strong, his strong suit. It really is, man. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just it's a really surreal movie that has a lot of very real feelings in it. So it's not just out there like... Like, it's not going to make you feel great, but it's it's going to make you think a lot about, like, your last breakup or not in a bad way, but, like, in a... Or even just future relationships, like, how, like, how you can sort of, like, handle it and, um, I don't know, just sort of, like, thinking about the healing process. Okay, favorite couple. Favorite couple. Oh, that's hard. I just... I don't really... First one that comes to mind. I know. The first thing that came to mind was, like, um, oh, freaking A. No, it's gone now. Margin Homer Simpson. That's not too bad. Actually, no. That is pretty good. Peggy Hill and Hank Hill. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah, I... I've Peggy's only... self-esteem is through the roof. Yes, and I love well, that I've only just started watching King oh, of the Hill. Yeah, and like, there... I love that you get to see this sort of cross-section of mm-hmm. conservative middle America, and their relationship is like... They just have, like, moments of, like, they've, they've got each other's backs, and they're not, like, overly affectionate, but they're partners. And yeah. I love that they're partners. Yeah. And even if I'm not, like, on their ideological scale, like, I just love seeing their life. And 
I don't know, man. It's like, it's a marriage that I, I'm not sad by. I still call <laughs> um, spaghetti, if I make spaghetti for dinner, I call it, even though there are no meatballs, I call it spapegian meatballs. Spapegian meatballs. She made me want to play Boggles so bad, too. Right? Peggy Hill is so underrated as a as an icon. I feel like for women because she it's mostly because her self esteem is so high. I don't think there's ever been a more confident character. Yeah, ever and, and a lot of people kind of I think get annoyed with her for that. I'm like, but why? She loves herself, and why shouldn't she? Yeah, <laughs> why not? She fell out of a plane. Yeah, and survived. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Because she's with, a, a she learned to walk again. Huh? Broke every bone in Everything. her body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she like rocks That's the baby. Right. I don't <laughs> <Her toe>. <laughs> no, man, she's a freaking hero. Thank you for pushing me yeah. <laughs> so I can remember the hills. What was the third one what you're supposed to do? Uh, uh, anything. Your choice. Okay, so I actually, the first thing I thought about was music. Um, there's a concept album by the Decembrists called... Um, <gasps> the Hazards of Love. Hazard Crane of love. Wipe is great, but oh. The Hazards of Love is what I thought so about. Good. Just because it is such a, a an immensely thought out story with like mm. actual parts beautiful. that are singing and it's just it's I really saw them beautiful. live when that came out and Me they too. did they did the whole the whole first half of their show was just that album beginning Perfect. to end because it's kind of a rock opera yeah. except except right before they they jumped into one of them uh, the lead singer goes alright now we're going to sing a song about infanticide yeah. and then they jump <laughs> it's like alright then and they went into the rake song the rake, the rake. song yes. yeah. the rake of love is, is a really is a really fun album it's wonderful yeah. December is great they it's just are. they're storytellers yeah. like that's what I really love is that they're not afraid to go deep diving mm-hmm. into they're good friends with Michael Schur who's mm-hmm. done The Good Place and Parks and Rec which I feel like explains a lot about The Good Place and Parks and Rec just <laughs> I think so too as a heads up yeah but yeah those are mine Brian Brian Wrong going around the circle okay so my <laughs> are you to Google <laughs> <laughs> you like Google romantic love comedies? story I... <laughs> sorry so my, my Brian's mo- dead inside it's fine <laughs> My movie is going to be What Dreams May Come. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yes, it's a beautiful, oh, it's so good. beautiful film. The uh, story was written by Richard Matheson, the, the great author of Stir of Echoes and um, what, oh, what was his big one? Omega Man, and then it became... It is a dramatic role for Robin Williams. Yes, so don't let exactly. Robin Williams on the cover make you go. Oh no, yeah. I think it's, it's a comedy because it's not. It's very it's very sad that Robin Williams is a character, lovely wife. Um, some horrible things happen to them and she ends up um, committing suicide and going to hell and he travels through hell to get her back. Yeah, so, so. it's a fantastic mm-hmm. um, journey into the underworld. It's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's like it's not religious, yeah, but it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to like Take your stuff. Not a bit. Not <laughs> cool. a bit. I just have a lot of feelings about that movie. Yeah, that's sort Having of what watched I watched it. So and that's, like that's sort yeah. of what I got. Right? And it just I don't know, man. And like the their their love is interesting too, because it's like they're both have gone through so much pain. It's how they handle so it. So much pain. Yeah. And how they handle it differently. And just the the power of of wanting to I don't know, like, be someone else. Like it always really breaks my heart when you f- find out who and I won't spoil it, but like Who's who? Like who the different yeah, characters are. So the idea are is that as. in heaven you create your own heaven, and so Robin Williams is in his heaven, and he's yeah. talking to a character, and finds out it's actually someone he knows, he knew very, very closely on Earth, and she then explains to them him why she's taken this form in heaven. It's really, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and just visually, it's beautiful. Yeah, too. it's, it's like very an oil it's painting, stunning. and yeah, it's a really interesting pick for a romance too. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. what what was what made you pick it? Uh, it, you know, it was a it was a movie that uh, my that Naomi and I watched 
it came out not long after she and I uh, started started dating, and I yeah. think it was it was. Uh, and Tell me that was your first date. No, right. And every, everyone <laughs> no. here... It's kind of a dark first date. Never right? It's like, if you but, die, I will follow you. Right. So, so everyone here in the room yeah. knows that's, that's, that's my wife. Yeah. So, fellow LPL librarian. Fellow, mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, so it, it has a, a, a close place in my heart for that reason. Okay, favorite couple. Yeah. I this is so terrible. I cannot think of one. See, I was the same way. And it's then like, as soon I know as you there's said, a million things as, as soon to talk as you about. said Hank and Peggy Hill, I thought, well, that's exactly who Homer and Marge Simpson. Bob and Linda from Bob's Burgers. <gasps> that is really good. Did you ever watch Bob's Burgers? I have. Okay. And they are good. They are good. Yeah. It's fun. I'm just thinking of animated ones now. Right? I know. Right? It's like, it's fun to think of how many animated ones. Brian and really Lila from Futurama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shredder and Michelangelo. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Chips. Oh man! No, I I, I, I can't. I All cannot right. think of what about those two one? people from One Direction, <laughs> William and Morgan Brian's Spikes. choice then. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, another book that I this is this is a book that I would I would breaking the rules, people, but I'll allow it. Go ahead. Is it's a a, a novel by uh, by Julio Cortazar called Hopscotch. Mm. Hopscotch came out, I believe, in the nineteen fifties. It was his it was his biggest novel. It was, a, it was an enormous hit, and. Uh, and it's it, it's uh, the, the centerpiece is it's it tells a story of a, of a character who's 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 in love with a young woman, and and they're having a a, uh, a romance in Paris. But there's all kinds of more layers to it, and one the reason it comes to mind is because as as we're getting ready to talk about My Lady's Choosing, this was a book that when it was when it was written, uh, Cortazar encouraged people to read it straight through. And then to find, and then to mix it, mix and match, and try and find different ways to read it. So he has, he you can read it straight through, or you can read you can mix uh, you can read a, a different order of chapters that he has at the beginning of the book. That's cool. That's really cool. That he recommends, yeah. Wow. So to make it a different book. Yeah. Huh. I like that you can rearrange it. That's yep. a really nice way to approach. I don't know, just a story, storytelling, kind right. of like an Eternal Sunshine. It's like. It doesn't necessarily have to be linear or right. Um, yeah, but it's right at the center of it is this is this is this love story, and and Cortazar is one of the is one of the the greatest novelists of all time in terms of being able to uh, lay it out beautifully in language mm. in, just, a, in a way that I didn't mm-hmm. do do right there. It's Spanish, <laughs> um, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, or. He was originally written in Spanish. He was mm-hmm. he was in, uh, he's from Argentina. I love how, mm-hmm. like, I love thinking about translations mm-hmm. too. Right, right. Of that kind of just how, I don't know, like some things you just can't translate, but how it can translate so much to that. Like thinking about, well, one, I just connected why it's called hopscotch. Yes, that was great. Right, and two, just like I don't know, just the whole. It'd be interesting to be a translator specifically for romance because there are so many things that like may not translate um, just or or just how like I don't know um, how different kind of, like I think a lot about how um, like Asian writers are translated because sometimes like dating culture or romance is thought of so differently and it's like how do you appeal to um, like an, like a Western audience. Like I think a lot about, has anyone read um, Banana Yoshimoto, anything by her? Um, she does, she has a lot of odd characters that are kind of reminding me of the Kiss, Kiss Quotient where they're just mm. odd women and um, mostly women and just how 
romance is sort of like a second thing. It's like they, they see little things in how um, people interact, and that's kind of what you look at. So they're not straight-up romances, but it's like, it feels like a very sort of like um, particularly Japanese way of looking at how, like, partnership and all of that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of, like, like being a single woman, like, how that's looked at as well, too. It's just, it's interesting. Okay, my pick, you have that very dark dive into, or very deep dive into something else, and I'm going to be light and fluffy again. But I know, right? I was her, like, I should stop. My favorite couple okay. is yeah. Pam and Jim mm. from The Office. Yeah. Uh, I think they're really well fleshed out over the course of the series and sort of all of the layers of marriage and relationships. And a friend texted me this morning, just said, um, Pam hugged Jim back and now I'm sobbing. And I knew exactly what she meant. It's a show that you can watch... <laughs> A thousand times over and over and over again and see something new each time and you know of course they have the sweet you know will they or won't they and then they're together as a couple and then it's them as a married couple and as parents and challenges of being you know two working parents and it just it's so real mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that but it never loses the sweetness so Jim and Pam all the way jam if you will if you're Kevin <laughs> if you're Kevin Malone PB&J um, my pick for movies um, I'm actually going to pick two one is super light and fluffy and that's two weeks notice an underappreciated Sandra Bullock Hugh Grant film which I love and my other one is Dead Again which is Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh it's back when they were married um, before Kenneth Branagh was a terrible person and cheated on <laughs> Emma Thompson who cheats on Emma Thompson you guys Anyway, that's another. That's a tangent mm-hmm. for another day. Um, they are a couple, and it is flashes back in time between the 1940s and, and modern era, which is like the 90s. And uh, one's a private detective trying to help this woman figure out who she is, and they flash back, and there's a murder, and it's a little bit campy in a fun way. Um, they're just a really, it's just really well done, and because it's you know, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh, so and no Helena Bonham Carter to be found, so. Mm-hmm. It's great. What's that? What's that the thing about? Helena, that's who he cheated that's on. That's who he cheated on. That's, that's who it was. Oh, that's I Helena know. Yeah. yeah. That makes me sad. I right? It so much. I, it, I have all kinds of feelings about it. We could do a whole podcast on my feelings about that I relationship know. in general. Oh. Jenny's pick. It's fine. She got the hottie from uh, Sense and Sensibility. Emma Thompson's doing just fine. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. Uh, that was my pick. Dead Again was my pick. Oh, okay. You just yeah. did two movies. I did two oh, movies, yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, my favorite romance movie is It Happened One Night. Oh yeah, it's real old. That's <laughs> um, a um, what's like in the golden age. It's it's movies, Clark right? Gable and Claudette Colbert. It was the first movie to sweep the Oscars and win the Big Four. Um, it won Best Director, Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Best Actor. Um, it's super cute and funny. Um, the premise is that Claudette Colbert has married this horrible guy named King Wesley, which is the worst <laughs> name in the history of the world, and her dad hates him. And so he kidnaps her and puts her on this boat and says, you can't marry King Wesley. I'm keeping you on this boat until you agree to have the marriage annulled. And so she swims away. She jumps off the boat and swims away. And then she runs into Clark Gable, who is a disgraced newspaper reporter. <laughs> um, and he's like, I'll help you get back to King Wesley if you give me the exclusive story about it. And so then they <laughs> set the off on this amazing road trip <laughs> together. And it's super cute and fun. And it's just a really delightful movie. Um, and I think that anybody who thinks that they don't like old-timey movies in black and white should watch it because you will change your mind. Another great one, and I know I'm jumping in on yours, but another great one is The Philadelphia Story with Catherine Hepburn Mm. and Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart won an Oscar for it. It's the only thing he won an Oscar for, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, He sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow and carries Catherine Hepburn around, and Cary Grant is as charming and delightful as he ever was in anything. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. And, yeah, again, like, if you think, I don't like old movies, watch this one. It'll change your mind. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my favorite couple, Harry and Sally. From oh, Harry yeah. and Sally. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that movie so much. I love anything with Meg Ryan in it. I love You've Got Mail, too. Um, Joe Fox and... Uh, Catherine from the shop around the corner, close second, but Harry and Sally. Um, I just found Harry to not be that likable. He's Rob Reiner. You can't not like Rob Reiner. No, it's um, Billy Crystal. No, I mean, I'm saying Rob, it's, it's Rob, Rob Reiner, Reiner right. is the character, <laughs> right. and Nora sure. Ephron is Sally. And sure. It's just like, it's Rob Reiner's personality yeah. being performed by Billy Crystal, and I just think he's so charming. Um, I watch that movie every year um, on New Year's. It's my New Year's movie, um, and it's just mm-hmm. really sweet. They're so cute together. Um, and then uh, my pick, Mozart in the Jungle. Oh, from yeah. From Amazon Prime. They canceled it. They have betrayed me. Um, it's canceled now. So sorry if you want to get into Mozart in the Jungle. Um, because the third season was its last, um, which is devastating because Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah. So delightful in that movie or in, in that show. He's so cute. Um, and it's really wonderful. You should watch it even though it has been canceled because it's wonderful. Um, and if you just want like a non-traditional show about love in terms of love and friendships, yeah. I've been binging The Good Place lately, and I highly recommend. Mm. It's a group of misfits who end up in The Good Place, a.k.a. heaven, together, and Ted Danson is the architect, sort of their angel of the neighborhood, and it's just about their relationships and how they evolve, and uh, there's a fun twist at the end of the first season, and it's, yeah, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, delve into my ladies' choosing. <laughs> okay, um, so My Lady's Choosing. This is a choose-your-own-adventure novel, um, and so I, admittedly, I only chose one adventure. Did you guys do more than one, or oh, did yeah. we all just do one? Did I did. Mo- okay. I think I did five. Wow, that's awesome. I, that's my problem with choose-your-own-adventures, is I want to know. Once I get started, mm-hmm. like, I, I've always wanted to live many lives anyway, so this is, like, a way to sort of be like, cool, like, I can do this with... In fair, like a fairly safe space mm-hmm. <laughs> to just go back. Plus, I'll just catch it. And I know it's like, I feel like I'm peeking, but I'll catch a glimpse when I go to another of page other of the other one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, they're in this thing. And then I just have to like try to go back. I just right. like knowing. I didn't get all of them because I don't even know how many endings there are. I think there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I read a review of it and they were talking about how you can like go to Egypt in one of them. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I didn't go that to was, Egypt. Oh, <laughs> that was my OG story. Was that a good one? It was, was It was really? interesting. Oh, yeah. I want to, can I guess what you, I'm just really excited because, like, <laughs> to set it up, like, uh, we had um, one of our coworkers, Brian, let her choose, and we were all like, she's going to get a smutty Harlequin, like, all this stuff to make him really uncomfortable, <laughs> and then she actually ended up doing My Lady's Choosing, which I'd never heard of either, so I had the idea of all of us um, getting even more of, like, Northside people to read it and then talk about what they got, and I just was really interested in... Um, it got pretty sexy. It gets... Pretty sexy. Yeah, it does. More than I thought. It wasn't chased. No, no, it was not. not, Because I just thought it was going to be like fade to black kind of stuff. I thought it was. I thought it was. We were here for the laughs. Like I didn't think that we were really going to get into stuff. But we did. Yeah. Cool, cool. But (laughs) can I just make a guess? Absolutely. Just from knowing you. Okay, okay. So like, I think you followed the Scottish guy, (laughs) and I think (laughs) you didn't end up with him though. And. Mm. I bet you, I bet you went to, I bet you went to follow him, and you were like, Ugh. and then like you went to like the, the moors, like the, the like depressing guy, because it's like, I think there's a point where you can go, and then be like, I swear to God, if I'm right, I'm going to be so happy. Right, <laughs> <is shaking his head. laughs> No, I probably, I'm probably insulting you somehow. No, I went with a Scottish guy. Oh, Nailed it. Yeah. And that, that was, that was where I ended up with. Did Indy. you stay with him? I What's did. his name again? Um, Mac, oh. Mac, McTaggart. I know they call him like Mac. Yeah, yeah, Mac. Right. See, I always wanted him to have a beard, though. I'm not a big 
clean-shaven person. Mm. So, like, reading the first parts of it, I was just sort of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he wanted to take care of orphans, and it was really great. He had so. a heart of gold. Yes, yeah. he did. I... Th- I I was strongly considering going to London, but I was I really liked where the whole friendship with Evangeline was going, and I was like, I want to hang out with her, so I I stayed, but I I wanted to go to go to the Scots, but maybe next okay. time I read it. Yeah, I didn't. I stayed. I went with Benedict. All right. Oh, that's I went, cool. I went Mr. All... Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just straight well, Mr. Darcy the whole way. Reading his profile, I loved that it was, they really focused on the whole, like, witty repartee thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's like, it's like, are you going to be, like, his match in wits? And I was like, maybe. Yeah. Like, I like that that kind of sparked a whole, like, I'm going to kick his butt now. Like, mm-hmm. I have to. But yeah, because, like, I, so you ended up with Benedict. I did. You ended up with Mac. Mm-hmm. My first go through, I ended up with Evangeline. Yes, I. That was what I read in the yeah. in the review that I read was that you can actually end up with Evangeline, who is your your like snarky fun She's friend. She's so cool. Like um, as soon as yeah, she, yeah as soon as she showed up, I was like, I'm going with you. Wherever. You can like hang out in Egypt with her. Apparently, yeah. Plus, like on the cover, you're on like the back of a horse with a woman. And yeah. I was like, that's where I'm going. <laughs> not just not just because we'll like <laughs> that's because I thought the guys sucked because I thought they were okay. Yeah, I and that's just, interesting. But it was like it was just it was Egypt. Mm-hmm. That's what got me. Yeah. And I just love that Evangeline was like this scandalous woman. Oh, she's yeah. a strong character. She was just crazy. Sure. Yeah. And everyone was just like like yeah. slobbering all over her and she just didn't care. She was yeah. like, well, I'm going to go like be an Egyptologist. And like and the only thing I didn't like and I actually talked with another coworker who read this who took a similar route and then changed. Um, th- they kind of shoehorn in a romance um, with her and Evangeline. Like, and not that I'm saying that like two women can't because I was totally an advocate of it, but it did feel like they kind of forced it to be like, well, you are with someone. Yeah. Um, and like, it just, that was the only thing I, because it's like you literally go to Egypt, they get off the boat, and they're like, while you were on the boat, you can't help but like notice Evangeline and like your feelings change. And it's just like they tell you how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's I was, a, one of the problem with the whole second person plural thing, or the right. second person thing, where it's talking, the, really the book is written as you. Right. Yes. Um, which is kind of like, well, I wouldn't do that, like when you're reading right. it. I know, right? Which is just like inherently <laughs> yeah. a problem with the style. Well, yeah. it's, it's funny because this is uh, this really does harken back to the old choose your own adventure yeah. books, right? And, uh, and 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 that was that was another, that was an issue with those books as well. Mm-hmm. That, that ultimately they're taking a story through so many different paces mm-hmm. that that it becomes a little a little formulaic. Um, oh, definitely. Nevertheless, nevertheless, though, it was it was a lot of fun. I thought, yeah. and I found myself wondering why there aren't more books. Like this, written for an adult audience. I know, yeah. Um, I thought it was fun too. Go ahead. And I think the, I think one of the things that appeals to me is, I love the notion of gamifying fiction and gamifying art, and that this is this is subtly making a game out of mm-hmm. out of a story. You know, it's giving mm-hmm. you giving you choices to follow through. It, it it's. It's like a video game, but mm-hmm. the graphics aren't as good. I mean, <laughs> it's a text game. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's something that will get people reading, and it's just yeah. like I'm like I'm all for that. Like whatever it is that will make people like want to read a book or be interested in reading, like that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I was honestly go. I went into this expecting not really to enjoy it because I genuinely like romance novels and I read them like unironically. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, well, is this just going to be like making fun of me and the things yeah, that like I enjoy? It? Um, no. And it doesn't, it doesn't really read like that. Yeah. Um, I do think that you probably have to be in a, the right mindset to go into a book like this because sure. it is like, it's like funny. It's, yeah. it's meant to be funny. Yeah. Um, it more but, mocks like the Austinian kind of dynamic yeah. of like it, it just people having like 
sharp things to say during a dance. Mm-hmm. Like, you only get to have, like, one thing, and then, like, you move on. And you, very... can, you can definitely tell the author has read and enjoyed romance. And loves like, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't mock something to this extent no. without truly enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just, like, it's so playful. And yeah. Just, and it's actually entertaining. Like, going to Egypt, you get to meet up with a band of other, like, uh, of women who are from all over the world who are kind of, like, assassins and you get to go with them and um, kind of try to follow, like, Evangeline's story, without giving too much away, gets a little more complicated in Egypt. And mm. you just get to meet up with these, um, these this band of women who's, like, they're just so cool. And you have a choice of staying with them, too, to, like, the end. That's and really interesting. That was my that was my final ending, was staying with them. Yeah, I, yeah. Knew, I knew, because I had read the review, that that was a possibility. Um, and so I kind of, like went into the Benedict story, and I was like, well, I mean, if something comes up, then I guess I might try and go to Egypt with Evangeline, mm-hmm. but it's like I never saw it, so I don't know what turn I took that right. was incorrect. Well, because there's a huge mystery thing, too. Like, yeah, that's actually, what I was focusing yeah, on. Yeah, that, that was what, what was hard for me, because I saw that, because I love, actually, I thought she was really great at setting up, like, giving you a real choice mm-hmm. instead of just being like, well, you can go here or go there. It's like, well, do you want to... It's like she baits you. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that, I too. was busy solving the mystery of uh, Sir Lord Taddington yes. and Benedict's birthright. That's, I know. That's what I was focused on. So. I love that they use the word slattern in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> she, got, so she has good. the language. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I think one of the things that this touches on, and it's maybe that if we're going to be talking over the course of this year about a different genre every month, I think it's worth... Acknowledging that uh, some of these some of these tropes and things that we think of as being sometimes uh, maybe a little too plain, this is how genres work. Right. This is why this is why genres exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, how they're sustained. Yeah, this is how <laughs> yeah. they're sustained. I mean, none of this. Uh, there's nothing too new under the sun. I'm afraid. In mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I think being able to being able to play with the the tropes in these uh, in, in in books in in, the, in these kind of stories, uh, it's it's just fun. It is. Yeah. Yeah, really. Well, because it gets to, we read, like things that are comforting and that we kind of not necessarily that we know, but they're satisfying, in a way. And I think that's what a lot of, at least my impression of, um, especially something like romance. Like there's something satisfying about seeing like two characters just sort of develop. And seeing what they do, especially if they're really well done characters, sure. And um, and yeah, and that's something that I, I really wish I gave more credit to um, romance for. Just sort of because like it's like I think we talked about this earlier. It, it it crosses so many genres. It does, yeah. And it's hard to get away from. I mean, there's what is it like the Bechdel test or something where it's <laughs> like it, you pass it if like two women are talking about something other than like romance mm-hmm. or a man or something. And, um, or vice versa, something like that. And um, it's just, it's a really interesting thing because I feel like I've always spent my whole reading career trying to find, trying to break tropes, like finding things that I found fascinating because they'd take a cliche and then turn it successfully. Sometimes you just get the M. Night Shyamalan to where like, it's a twist and you're like, I okay, fine, like you didn't need this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's what I've, I wish I'd, like, I still have some time too. It's pretty early in the month, but. Um, sure. But yeah, like just in, in like the the different genres and stuff too. Like mm-hmm. it's just there's a lot out there. There's a lot. Sci-fi is a big one. Fantasy too. Mm-hmm. The big ones on that. And um, like I guess it's sort of like a romance layman. I wanted to ask someone with knowledge because you have much knowledge <laughs> on uh, on that. Like what would you so like? 
You said you were into Regencies, which I actually hadn't heard that terminology because mm-hmm. I know of Harlequins, mm-hmm. and I my my go to is always making fun of like the whole. I think Brian and I were talking about this, the chic. Like right. one night with the sheik, a lot of sh- a lot of sheiks and those yeah, white, like you were white about harlequins, the yeah. titles and stuff. So, so and enslaved by mm-hmm. yes. All the, and like I think that we talked about this too. a little bit right. last time, Brian, whenever we were discussing what we were going to be reading for the upcoming month. But that that whole like enslaved by the sheik and like a victim of his passion and right, all of that, right, right. all of that kind of stuff. That kind of comes back from like the beginning of the origins of the romance novel where. Women, that, I mean, in in early in earlier romance novels, there's a lot of rape. I mean, there's a lot of stuff right. like that in there, and it's because you didn't want your female protagonist to be like to bring up the other slatternly. Like you didn't want her to be like, oh yeah, take my take my honor and just ruin me for marriage. And that was a way to get around it. So you still wanted the sexy scenes in the book, yes. but you didn't want your female protagonist to go willingly. Well, um, and like, so that's why there's so much of that. And it still pervades in the in the white back harlequins because they're just like churn them out basically. Right. <laughs> well I like that my character, me, in of my lady's choosing mm-hmm. chose to go with Mac. There you go. So and wholesome. to exa- so wholesome. It wasn't it wasn't hundred percent wholesome though. I'll tell you <laughs> what. He like save a child from a fire. He, no, he he, he yeah. was wholesome, but but there were dewy No, no, shower scenes. Didn't she right, like yeah. did she, she she like put together her shower? Like it was an IKEA shower. Yeah, yeah. And, and somehow it's still showering. Yeah. <laughs> I think, she put like a bucket of water, but it rains for like twenty minutes. I think that one of the things they turned into into a, into a sexy metaphor was the caper toss. Which oh, there were a lot of great metaphors. Another thing with a horse like, stable uh, too. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite. Um, they have little sayings at the bottom of the page for whenever it's telling you to turn to whatever page to continue the story. And one of my favorites was, "Regardless, this is hot. Do you throw <laughs> caution to the wind and fornicate? Turn to this page, uh, <laughs> which is great." And then. After I had done that, obviously, uh, then the next one was, well, now you've gone and done it. Turn to this page. You wanton orgasmic harlot. Yes, I love wanton. <laughs> so funny. So much. Really, really funny book. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan of romance novels, unironically, and I mean, I enjoyed it. I think that I think that there's a lot of good stuff in there for people who, obviously, you guys you guys liked it, right? It was Even though you, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely Once I got did. started, it was good. Like, just to, just to sort of pique anyone else's interest, I won't give away any spoilers, but you can end up a werewolf. I love nice. it. You can I love it. Yeah, I, I was I, not I, expecting no, it. I, I was like, I'm oh, not turning this, I'm not turning my copy. This isn't my copy. I can't it's remember. my copy. Yeah. I'm not turning <laughs> my copy in yet. That. Yeah. It's okay. There's, and yeah, that's There's another great thing about it. Although we have a lot of copies here at the library. We do. Multiple ebooks yeah. as well, and it's right. very we easy to read an ebook. Push, push product people. Definitely. <laughs> also, for talking about choose your own adventure, there's a really, two, two notes on that. There's a really interesting flash game. Uh, you can play on the PC called the Stanley Parable, where mm-hmm. it's just yeah. It's a fun game. Oh, it's so interesting! And yeah. so many endings. Like it made me think about how much you have to think out these stories, and um, also you can um, there's Shakespearean choose your own adventures. Ones uh, I think Chris North did them, something North. Um, there's one for Hamlet, one for Romeo and Juliet, and um, like one of my friends had. I did like a quick skim of like the Hamlet one, and you can do like a play within a play within a play, and like all of this fun stuff too. Because it's like it's like this where um, it's poking fun at it because mm-hmm. it loves it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's coming from a, a nice warm place. It comes like, from a place of love. Hey, where you can make fun of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so interesting. So, jumping ahead, Brian, what is our topic for next month's podcast? Yeah. Next month is going to be sci-fi month. Okay. Woo! 
So. so I'm I'm ready to roll on that one. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, more. yeah, that's sick for you. Yeah. Welcome right. home. Yeah, it's going to be good fun. But hey, stop by Northside this month and uh, pick up our room our romance uh, flyer. Pick up a uh, a, a special uh, bookmark for yourself and mm-hmm. just talk with the staff. Uh, this is one of the things that that that, that I'm really trying to focus on this year with the Northside Reads 2019 program is that uh, we want our we want customers coming in and 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 and, and telling us telling us what you like. Um, th- this is what we're here for. Uh, and some of the most fun I, I get to have during my day is to get to hear uh, what what books people are passionate about, mm-hmm. what uh, what we have on our shelves that they love, what we're missing on our shelves that yeah. they want. Um, a, a library is a public library is it's 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 like my lady's choosing. It's 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 an interactive thing, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we want to have you here mm-hmm. to uh, to. To, to share some of these stories with us. And it's a safe, non-judgmental place. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you how many people I have, women especially, that come in apologizing for what they're looking for, and it makes me so sad. Like, I actually just had a lady with a Kristen Feehan book. Yeah. Which I haven't read any of hers, but apparently she has a lot, and she does a lot of the, like, fantasy. It's Christine Feehan? Christine. Mm-hmm. It's Christine. Thank yeah. you. Yes, Christine Feehan. And, um, yeah, and it just is one of those things where I'm like, nah, man, like, I... Read what you want. Read what you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's a story. That's what I'm saying. It's just, yeah. yeah like, I don't really it, care what it is. If you're reading, that's awesome. And no one's going to judge you, and if they do, let us know. Yeah. Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, like, if anything, you're going to open, like, one of us up to something new, too. Yeah. And that's already great. happened once or twice this month. Right? I, I've, I've, so yeah. things have found their way onto my onto my reading list. It's so. just so much fun. Yeah. All right. Well, Dude. we will see you guys back next month, and we will be reading some sci-fi books. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye bye.